God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. Jesus Christ, He is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John chapter 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ, He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when He lived and walked among people. And He makes a difference today because He was raised from the dead and He is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life, it is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. We've got a wonderful program today. We'll hear some music. We'll read some of God's word together regarding how God cares for you and, and just the goodness of God. And in the second half hour, we're going to do a guest interview. It's a replay from an interview we did back in May of 2015 with minister, broadcaster, and author Ben Kinchlow. Ben will share his heart and wisdom. It's an interview that you definitely will not want to miss. It will bless you. Let's start off with this music. Don't feel equal to it Can't seem to find the strength to do it You're tired of trying on your own And feeling like you're all alone Demands are made, time runs out You're in a hurry, you're starting to doubt But stop, time to take a breath and say I will walk with God today Put your trust in separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it's God that justifies I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my flesh and my heart fail but God is the strength of my heart put your trust in your care on him for he cares for you Shall renew their strength 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Put your trust in God. He's your only one. Put your trust in God. You can go to Him, cast your care on Him. This week, while at work, my Monday through Friday job is computer consulting, and while at work, I was at a client's, and I was speaking with someone in the office that had just returned from the doctor. She was in pain, and I asked her, well, what's going on? She replied that she had a couple of pinched nerves in her neck, and it was very painful for her to to move around and to turn her head. I asked her if she'd like for me to pray for her because it was God's will for her to be healthy, not to be in pain. I told her that part of the purpose of Jesus Christ's life was to make physical healing available. She said, please pray. Well, I commanded the pain to be gone, the inflammation to be removed, and the nerves to no longer be pinched in the name of Jesus Christ. I looked at her. She smiled. She twisted her head. She said the pain was gone. She could freely move her head without pain in her neck. She was healed. That is a tremendous example of God's care and his goodness. If you have your Bible handy, let's read in 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 5 is where we'll start. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. We are to cast all of our care upon God. Why? Because he cares for you. It was by God's grace that the woman was healed, She was humble enough to allow me to pray for her. She wasn't concerned about what a co-worker might say or think if they saw us praying. She wasn't doubting that God couldn't do it. She was humble enough to allow God to work in the situation and to bring deliverance. She cast her care upon God, her need for healing upon God. She believed that God was good and that he cared for her and that he would heal her. She received her healing. Each and every day of our lives, we can see that type of deliverance where we might need it, whether it be a simple healing such as that or or whether it be a cancer or a, a cold or a broken bone or whether it be a pinched nerve. None of those are too big for God. Today in, in our society and culture, So often, both good things and evil are attributed to having come from God. Even those who would be considered to be very religious and and highly spiritual people, at times they say that when we experience bad things in our life, that it came from God. As men and women who love God, we need to recognize and appreciate the goodness of God and that he cares for all people. Let's look in Matthew chapter 19. Here we'll see Jesus Christ's response when one had come to him and called him good. He said in Matthew 19, verse 16, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Verse 17, And he, Jesus, said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, 
that is, God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Jesus Christ stated here in the Gospel of Matthew that there was none good but one, God. Many believe that sickness comes from God to to make them more humble, or that God sends us suffering and hardship in order to tempt us and to test us. Some think that God is just waiting to bop us over the head if we make just one tiny little mistake. None of that reflect the actions of one who is good. Jesus Christ stated that there is none good but one, God. We need to look at God's Word, the Bible, to see what God states about himself and who he is. I'd like to touch on a couple key verses which show us where the evil in the world does come from. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. It says here, the God of this world. The God of this world is the devil, Satan. John chapter 10, verse 10, The thief comes not, who's the thief? The God of this world, Satan, the devil. The thief comes not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus Christ says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It's the thief, the devil. He is the one that steals, kills, and destroys, not God. Jesus Christ came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. In the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus Christ had God with him, and he healed all those who were oppressed of the devil. Sickness is oppression, and it comes from the devil. God was with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did not work at cross purposes with God. God healed all that were sick. He brought deliverance to people. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 states, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Either the word of God is true or it isn't. It states here that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Sickness is darkness. Poverty is darkness. Physical ailments is darkness. It is not light. Death is darkness. Well, God is light. Light is health. Light is the need being met. Light is a peaceful heart. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. How could it be possible for God who is light to make someone sick to cause them to become more humble? How could God be light and cause death and heartbreak? How could God take someone's life to cause those that remain to love him more and still be light? How could God be light and send storms which cause hardship and destruction? Yet, this is what we so often hear and we have been taught in our religions, our culture, and our society. Let's bring it to the practical level in in your home or my home. As a parent, if a parent were to make their child sick and, and hurt the child, then the parent would be brought before the law and charged with criminal activity. If a person were to inflict pain and heartache upon others, they would not be considered good. If a person takes the life of another, he is called a murderer. Yet so often we hear people attribute those types of actions to God, that God causes the sickness, that God 
causes the storm that God took someone home to be with him. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Sickness, pain, heartache, death, all of that is darkness. We need to think about God and see God the way that God directs us in his word as to who he is and what his attributes are. Our God, who is also our Father, he is full of goodness, love, compassion, and mercy. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, let's read that verse again. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, Jesus who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus Christ, he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. He always did his Father's will. God's enemy, the the devil, has done an excellent job of convincing people that he does not exist. Thus, on account of that, God receives the credit when things go right, and he gets the blame when things go wrong. Well, the Bible declares, God's word declares, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. The darkness in the world The heartache in people's lives does not come from God. It comes from his arch enemy. John chapter 8, let's look here. uh, Verse 28 and 29. Then Jesus said unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak those things. And he that hath sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Jesus Christ was sent by God, who was his Father. Jesus always did that which pleased his Heavenly Father. If Jesus Christ lied, then why did God raise him from the dead? Jesus Christ did not lie. He spoke the truth. And God did raise Jesus Christ from the dead. God, having raised Jesus Christ from the dead, is the proof that God approved of the life of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 14, verse 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Nowhere in the Gospels can we ever read that Jesus Christ made someone sick to cause them to become more humble. He always healed the sick. Matthew chapter 21, verse 14, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Once again, he healed the blind and the lame. Jesus Christ did not tell the blind and the lame that they were in that condition to cause them to become more humble or that they were being punished by God. No, he healed them. Jesus Christ healed the lame and the blind. Matthew chapter 17, verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, And the child was cured from that very hour. Luke 11, verse 14. And he, Jesus, was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake. And the people wondered. Jesus Christ, in his life and ministry, cast out devil spirits. And when he did, people were freed from oppression. It is not God's will for someone to be oppressed of the devil. Jesus Christ always, always did the Father's will. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Back in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, let's read verses 1 through 3. When he, Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. 
And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand, and he touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Nowhere in the Gospels can we read that Jesus Christ gave a clean man leprosy in order to teach him a lesson or to cause him to become more humble or to break the man. Nowhere. Jesus Christ, he removed the leprosy from the man. Jesus Christ did the Father's will. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 24. Now it came to pass on a certain day that Jesus went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and the boat was filled with water, and they were in jeopardy. And they came to him, and they awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then Jesus arose, he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. They ceased, and there was a calm. If God had sent that storm, then Jesus Christ would have been acting contrary to the will of God. If it had been God's will that the storm bring tragedy and destruction, then Jesus Christ would have commanded the storm to increase in power or to do its job swiftly. He didn't. He rebuked the storm, and it ceased. Whenever there's an earthquake, a hurricane, a blizzard, a drought, it is often commonly referred to as an act of God. Even in our legal documents, insurance policies, these types of disasters are referred to as acts of God. Well, it's not an act of the one true God who is light, and who in him is no darkness at all. It is vitally important for each of us that we recognize the goodness of our Heavenly Father. This will enable us to live a life of service to the one true God who loves us and cares for us in every situation in our life. We see the greatness of God's goodness through the accomplished work of His Son, Jesus Christ, and through the works that he performed when he walked and lived among men. Part of his accomplished work, through his death and resurrection and the giving of the Holy Spirit, we can read here in Romans chapter 5. Let's start in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith or believing, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. To be justified is to be declared legally righteous in the sight of God. The penalty for the sin nature of man and, and all the sins that any man could ever commit was paid for in the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is God's goodness. That is God caring for you. We are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Continuing still in Romans chapter 5, let's read verse 6 and also verses 8 through 10. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for or in place of the ungodly. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died in place of us. Verse 9, much more then. Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Jesus Christ died in place of the ungodly, in place of the sinners, in place of enemies. That's what we were. Now we are sons of God because of the goodness of God and because of God's care for each of us. We have been saved by the life of Jesus Christ.
due to the grace and mercy of his Father, the one true God, in whom is no darkness, only light. Psalm 107 verses 8 and 9 state, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he, God, satisfies the longing soul, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. God is so very good to us. He has performed great and wonderful works for us, most notably being the sending of his Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, that we would praise God for his goodness and kindness towards us. Nahum, in the Old Testament, chapter 1, verse 7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows them that trust in him. God is our stronghold in our day of trouble. We hold on to God, we hold on to his word, we hold on to our relationship with our Heavenly Father in times of trial and temptation. God is the one who delivers. God is the one who makes it available for us to live life abundantly. God is the one who protects and shields his people. Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that reverence thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. The incident that I shared at the very beginning of the teaching today about the the woman who was healed, she was not ashamed to trust in God before the sons of men. She believed God could heal her, and he did. Psalm 34, verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The God and Father of Jesus Christ. That is my God and your God. He is not the God of death, destruction, and tragedy. He is the God of deliverance and goodness. Jesus Christ, who always did his Father's will, demonstrated by his life that God desires healing, wholeness, and release from oppression. We can believe God's word. We can praise God for his goodness and for his wonderful works. We can declare the wonderful works of God to others. We rejoice today because we recognize and appreciate the goodness of God. Let's talk about God's goodness and God's love. Let's tell the world how He so loved. He gave His only Son. Let's talk about God's goodness and God's love. Oh, that men might live for Him. After all He's done for them. Let's not waste another day. Time is short, so let's keep in mind People need to hear the word of life And when they hear, their hearts can change Let's talk about God's goodness and God's love Let's tell the world how He so loved He gave His only Son Let's talk about God's goodness and God's love God is faithful to forgive our sin And so with boldness we can come to Him His loving heart will never change And we do 
declare what we have heard of him That others too can turn their hearts to him And see our Father's loving way So let's talk about God's goodness and God's love Let's tell the world how he so loved He gave his only son Let's talk about God's goodness and God's love. Let's talk about God's goodness and God's love. Let's tell the world how He so loved, He gave His only Son. Let's talk about God's goodness and God's love. Let's talk about God's goodness and God's love. Let's talk about God's Before we move into our interview segment, let's hear from a couple of our sponsors. If your business is looking to make a change, talk to the Carter Group. For 20 years, the Carter Group has been assisting in corporate relocations, asset management, even hospital transition planning, offering customized solutions with successful results. Not a one-size-fits-all solution, but a solution tailored with the success of your business in mind. For more information, call the Carter Group at 312-422-5555. That's the Carter Group at 312-422-5555. Are you looking for mobile app development for your business or organization? Look no further than Wasatch Technology, developing mobile apps for both the iPhone and Android platform. Among our accomplishments, the Sedona Hiking app has made hiking the many Sedona trails exciting and fun. The Aramaic New Testament app allows the New Testament to come alive. The Grace Christian Fellowship app gives audio access to teachings. And coming soon, the Cayman Snorkel app. Call Wasatch Technology at 630-448-0261 or visit our website, wasatchtech.com. John's Handyman Service has been serving the Naperville and Aurora area for over 10 years. John is a retired U.S. Army veteran who knows how important it is to be on time every time. John's Handyman Service provides all your home repair needs, including carpentry, painting, electrical, plumbing, decks, finished basements, and kitchen and bathroom remodels. No job is too big or too small for John's Handyman Service. Call John at 630-392-4970. That's 630-392-4970. Our guest today is a minister, broadcaster, author, and businessman. He served 13 years in the United States Air Force. He has been actively involved in a drug and rehabilitation program in Texas, and he founded His Place, which is a ministry to teens. He has authored several books. Today he is a commentary contributor for worldnetdaily.com, and he also has his own blog and podcast, Most of us know him through his role as co-host on the 700 Club for over 20 years on the Christian Broadcasting Network. I'd like to welcome Ben Kinchlow. Ben, thank you for joining us. Greg, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on your program today. Oh, you're welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and when you first became a Christian? Yes, you know, you mentioned the fact that I had been in the Air Force for 13 years. Well, I joined the United States Air Force with the express intent of staying in for... 20 or actually I want to stay for 30 years but I joined for the express purpose of staying in for 20 years so that at the end of that time I could get out, get rid of my retirement then I would get a secondary job and kind of live out the rest of my life at ease doing some of the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But in the interim Greg, some things happened in the United States the civil rights movement began to take place and there was a guy who came on the scene who represented the uh, black Muslims. His name was Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And I began to listen to what Malcolm X had to say. And then after having been overseas uh, many times in the Air Force, I was shocked, or I don't want to use the word shocked, but let me just say I was uh, dismayed by the fact that overseas I could be treated like a human being. But when I came back to my own country, the country whose uniform I was wearing and had sworn to protect, treated me like a second-class citizen. Mm. And so at the end of 13 years, I got out of the Air Force to join the Black Liberation Movement. Oh, wow. I also went one step further, Greg. I said, I'm going to go to college, and I'm not going to be just one of these guys off the streets. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to be a minister, uh, not for Christians' sake, but because in the black community, black ministers get a lot of um, 
respect, and I thought, that's what I'm going to do. But I became more of a Malcolm X follower than even a follower becoming a minister. And so I just went wholeheartedly into the Black Liberation Front. Mm. But in the midst of this, while I was having probably the worst time in my whole life, I met an individual, like someone I'd never met before. He was a um, brown belt judo, and I taught a, a karate class on college campus, and he was my assistant. So one of the things that happened, he and I got a, started talking, and making a long story short, I discovered there was something about this guy was not like anybody else I'd ever met, although I'd gone to church all my life. And one day I asked him, I said, John, what makes you different? Why are you not like the rest of these white people? He said, I have a personal relationship with God hmm. through Jesus Christ. Well, let me ask you, how do you have a personal relationship with first cause, infinite mind, evolution? How do you, we're talking about a personal relationship with God. And I asked him that. John, mm-hmm. how do you have a personal relationship with that? He said, through Jesus Christ. Now, all of us have heard about Jesus most all of our lives. But I never met anybody who talked about him like he was real and right there. So, one day, driving around at 80 miles an hour, testing tires for general tires, I asked this God, and I said, God, if John, if, if you are who John says you are, and you can do something in my life, I said, they come into my life and change. I said, but, wait, if all you've got is religion, you can keep that. But it wasn't religion that he brought. Jesus Christ came into my life, and he instantly and totally transformed me. That's what it means to be born again. Suddenly, I fully understand what it meant to be born again. Wow, that's that's an awesome testimony. That is really, really cool. You know, when Jesus Christ came into your heart and when you got born again, at what time in your life did you really first know that God had called you to minister then to his people? Was there a defining moment for that? Instantly, I knew that I knew some folks like me who needed to know what I know to, to transform their lives because I know a lot of black revolutionaries and and that wasn't the answer. They needed what I had, but I didn't have the um, ability to communicate that. So I asked John, and John didn't know, but he did know some other Christians, and I asked them, and they said, well, what you need is something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So I read the scriptures, and sure enough, it talked about power, giving these guys the ability to go out and talk about Jesus and change lives. So I said, well, how do you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They said, well, you ask him. So again, I was driving a truck, (laughs) and I said, Lord, if you can give me the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever that is, give it to me. And he did, and he baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, I never let an opportunity go by without telling somebody about the reality of this individual who had transformed my life and gave me the boldness to talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, Mm -hmm. see, most black people at that time thought Jesus was white. And if you ever see a picture of Jesus, he's always displayed as a white male with long hair and wearing a dress. Right. So that wasn't what I was looking for. But now I knew who he was. I knew the truth about him. And so with the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to go and tell people, look, this is what makes the difference. That's really wonderful. And, and just see to see the hunger that you had to know God and to know his son, Jesus Christ, and, and how God is always faithful to, to give what we ask for from him according to his word. You know, Greg, I think everybody is hungry to know God. Mm-hmm. They're not hungry to know religion, but they really are hungry to know ultimate reality. And they're trying to find ultimate reality. This is one of the reasons kids do what they do. They're trying to find out what's really real. Well, the only thing that's really real, the ultimate reality, is God, and the only way you can have that is to have a personal relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the difference. Yeah, that's so true. And that sort of ties into the next question that I, I had here. I recently listened to an interview on the Internet that you did last year at the Black Conservative Summit's Leadership Initiative, and you made a statement which I wholeheartedly agree with in that interview. You said that Christianity is not religion, but rather Christianity is how God intended for us to live. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Well, what, what, what I'm saying, what I've actually said was that the Bible is not a religious book. Christianity 
Biblical Christianity is different from regular religions mm-hmm. because almost every group, every culture has a particular religion. Christianity is not a religion. It's about a relationship. It's built on a relationship with God. In fact, if you look at the Bible dispassionately, you see that depending on which translation you read, there are five or six references to religion. And of those five or six references, there's only one positive reference to religion. And that clearly points out that God himself is not a fan of religion because religion is man's idea of how to please his concept of God. I want to say that again. Religion is man's idea of how to please their concept of God. Whatever somebody thinks their God is like, that's what their religion will reflect. So if you want to know what somebody's religion is, you want to know what somebody thinks their God is like, look at, study their religion. So Christianity is a relationship with the living God through the person of Jesus Christ, activated by the Holy Spirit. So it transforms your life and makes it different from all other religions. And then God says, now, go out and live this life this way and let other people see the reality of a personal relationship with me through Jesus Christ. That is just so great to to know that we have the privilege to have a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Wow. That's exactly what it is. It is a privilege. To, yes. Uh, it yes. Is, and it is open to everyone, but God will not force that upon you like certain religions. Uh, I studied to become a different kind of uh, religion, religious person for a while when I was just studying the black Muslims. Well, that's, that's forced upon you. Mm-hmm. But with Christianity, it is not. It's a matter of you voluntarily saying, I surrender my life to you, Lord Jesus. Live your life in me. And he does. He comes in it. And then you get to live every day in uh, obedience to and in uh, conjunction with the Word of God, mm. articulated in the Bible. Well, what a great life that makes available. Oh, <laughs> does it ever. <laughs> yes. Now, Ben, for many of us, and I include myself in this, we first met you through the 700 Club when you co-hosted that with Pat Robertson. Um, is there an incident during that time? I think you were there almost 20 years or maybe a little uh-huh. more than that. Is there an incident during that time that maybe stands out in your heart where you really saw God work mightily in a situation? Yes, sir. There is a very true one, and I, I did, um, I've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of things happen with uh, God working. But one of the most, I guess, the thing that stands out most of all, Virginia Beach and this area, the Tidewater area, used to be called Hurricane Alley. Well, not long after the CBN finally got on the air and we got a little rinky-dink station with one little uh, dish to broadcast on, that a hurricane, as usual, in the hurricane season, was coming through Virginia Beach. Now, we knew that if that hurricane came through Virginia Beach, it would destroy, the, it would blow down our antenna, we didn't have any money, so that would have been the end of the Christian Broadcasting Network. Mm. So with the hurricane headed this way, we got to seriously, earnestly seeking God and praying and saying, God, you said whatever we would ask you would do, and we're asking you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pat went to some a meeting down with some guys at the Full Gospel Ministers Fellowship, and they prayed, and we prayed, and we said, God, turn that hurricane away from Virginia Beach and let it go out to sea. Hmm. And believe it or not, the hurricane that they had forecasted to hit us turned, they were at a loss to explain why, but it turned and went out to sea, and from that moment on, another major hurricane never came back through uh, CBN. Whenever one would start this headed this way, Pat would say, let's pray, and we'd get out and pray, and sure enough, the hurricane would turn to go out to sea. So that was probably <laughs> one of the most outstanding things that I remember. Wow, that, that's great. What power and authority we have to use the name of Jesus Christ. You know, Greg, if we could grasp that in our everyday lives, it would revolutionize the life that we are called to live. It would revolutionize our lives, and we'd be just like those people that you write about in the book. Because they're people like us. God didn't call 
theologians to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. You call fishermen, tax collectors, laborers, working men. Those are the people he called, and that's who he's calling to us. And that's why he said, now, all of you go out and let people know the reality of a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And how do they know? Check me out. Check me out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a great example for us to read in the book of Acts and, and in the Gospels to see how they gave their all to do what their master said, to preach the gospel, to, to go out into all the world and make disciples. So exactly, we, but more than that, it was it was the the people who were born again whose lives were so transformed that even after the disciples left, after the apostles left, the church continued to grow because people saw the transformation in their lives. Mm. A lot of people that I knew when I was a black um, Muslim, when I got saved, they they came and asked, what's wrong with you? That was the same <laughs> question I asked John. Right. What's wrong with you? Well, it's not what's wrong with me. It's now it's what's right with me. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. T- today you write for worldnetdaily.com, and you have a blog and a podcast as well. I've read a couple of your articles, and I really enjoy you display a great deal of wisdom in the things that you write. And what do you see today from the Bible's perspective, you know, in this world of today, what's the greatest need for God's people? What is, in my opinion, what is missing is, if you go back and read the whole New Testament from the time that Jesus came, from John the Baptist, John said, look, you watch for the one who's going to come, and he's going to show you the way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when you watch his life, and then you go through the rest of the New Testament, you find these apostles who lived that life in the book of Acts and what they did. But then when you go to read the letters that were written back to the, quote, ordinary people by these apostles, they'll tell you how this is how we are supposed to live. This is how we're supposed to treat one another. This is the way that God wants us to live so that we can demonstrate the reality of Jesus Christ to the world. There is, you know, Greg, believe it or not, there's one principle, and when God, when Jesus reduced it down, and if you don't pay attention to it, you'll miss it. But Jesus reduced the whole law down to just two things, and even reduced even further the whole of, of Christianity, all of it is reduced to one single thing, but it doesn't just apply to Christianity. If we all would do this one simple transcendent principle articulated in the scriptures, you cannot imagine what a wonderful world this would be. And here's that principle. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. The King James Version says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So, if you don't want someone to insult you, don't insult them. If you don't want somebody to rob you, don't rob anybody. If you don't want somebody killing your people, don't you kill anybody. And, and can you see what a trend, what a transformation that would be to the world if just the Christians, if just the Christians mm. lived that way? Can you imagine what a difference that would make? Wow, well, it'd make a huge difference. <laughs> oh my goodness! Things would be much closer to the way they should be, or the way God intended them to be for His people. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if we would just demonstrate that one principle. I think it would be that would be the greatest need for God's people to do is to mm-hmm. to demonstrate the reality of Jesus Christ in them by treating other people the way you want to be treated. And that really just comes down to imitating God, like it says in Ephesians five, and walking in love. Yes, sir. Yes. Now, now, and but 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 we have to define love because remember we use words differently than God uses words, and mm-hmm. so God used the same words because he was introducing us to things, but he had to use the same words that we were using, right? So he spoke to us in our same languages. Mm-hmm. So when he used the word love, we have one definition of love. Oh, I just love pancakes, or I just love McDonald's, whatever <laughs> it is. That's not what he's talking about. Or when you say, I love so-and-so, no, no. You have to go back and read what the definition of love is, mm-hmm. and of course, First Corinthians 13 gives you the scriptural definition, the biblical definition, God's definition of love. In closing, is there something on your heart today that you'd like to share additionally to what you've already shared with our listeners, just to encourage them 
to stand on God's word, on the truth of his word, despite these, what I consider to be, you know, we're at a crossroads in a, in a lot of respects in this country and around the world. And is there an encouraging word that you might have for God's people today to help them to, to stand through any adversity and stand for the truth of God? Well, today, people are honestly looking, they're earnestly, I don't know what they honestly are, but they're earnestly looking for direction, especially our young people. And there are people who are trying to find out what is real. Is there anything real? I mean, what? And that's why they do drugs and alcohol and all these various other things, because they don't know what, what's really real. And the only, and if I would say one thing to the, the people, is it this. The Bible, the, the, the Bible talks about that we have in our lives the life of Jesus Christ made manifest in our bodies. So we live so that the life of Jesus Christ might be made manifest or open or clear, available to people in our mortal bodies. So people are looking for a way to make life make sense, no matter what comes down the pike. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are supposed to be about. And if I could say anything to the Christian community today, it's let the reality of Jesus Christ shine through your life in everything. Go around treating other people the way you want those people to treat you, and don't let yourself be pulled off that course. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you. Would the easiest way for people to get a hold of you, I guess, would be through your website, and that's where your articles, your blog is posted, as well as podcasts? Yes, sir, it is. Okay, and I'll put a link up to that. It's, I believe, www.benkinchlow.com, and I'll put a link to that up on the website as well. And they can also go to ben at benkin.us. Ben, B-E-N at B-E-N-K-I-N dot U-S. Okay. Yes, sir, you got and it. That's your email, so they can reach you that way if they'd like as well. And, right, and they can also go to my website that same way. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm so thankful Sometimes that... Sometimes people have trouble spelling Kinchlow. I have trouble with it. <laughs> <laughs> Ken keeps it nice and short, makes it easy to spell. Excellent. Well, I really thank appreciate... Thank you very much, Greg, for having me on your program, sir. It was an honor and a privilege. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here today. God bless you. Just
Let's hear from a couple of our sponsors. Do you have questions about your retirement? As an Ameriprise Financial Advisor, Mark Yackey can help with the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Mark Yackey, Certified Financial Planner, today at 630-955-1400. Office is located at 2323 Naperville Road, Suite 150, Naperville, Illinois. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Honesty, loyalty, respect. These are words not applied to all mortgage and financial companies, but with Integrity Mortgage and Financial Incorporated, the name says it all. Integrity Mortgage prides themselves in maintaining an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. If you're interested in working with a company with integrity, call Neil Bodie for more information at 866-816-9810. That's 866-816-9810. Integrity Mortgage and Financial, for your mortgage and financial needs. Thank you for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show. And thank you to our guest interview, Ben Kinchlow. All of the Solution Radio Shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com where you may re-listen at your convenience. There's also links there to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. Also on the website, there is a page there for upcoming events. And here in the Naperville area, I believe it's the third weekend in October, we have a weekend in the Word. You can download a registration form off the website and find out more information about that weekend. Also, a reminder that the Praise Line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number for the Praise Line is 844-705-3410. Once again, that number is 844-705-3410. We will play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. If you have any comments or questions, please email info at thesolutionradioshow.com. Please keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. Due to the wonders of modern technology, we know that we have listeners all throughout the United States and many, many countries around the world, including Taiwan, Korea, Panama, New Zealand, Brazil, United Arab Emirates, and the list just continues to grow. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and your financial giving. Thank you for your support. It is greatly appreciated. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Once again, the mailing address, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Thank you to our sponsors, the Carter Group with offices in Chicago, Dallas, and Minneapolis, Integrity Mortgage and Financial in Colorado Springs, Colorado, John's Handyman Service in the Aurora, Naperville area, Ameriprise Financial in Naperville, Wasatch Technology also in Naperville, and Morningstar Computer Training and Consulting in the Chicago area. Please visit the sponsors page on our website to find out more information about the Solution Radio Show sponsors. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.